Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. It's hard to believe it's already Friday. It seems like this week has just gone like that because I've had such a good time teaching you about the fact that you've been chosen by God. And thank you for all your phone calls this week to let me know that this series has been encouraging you. I'm so glad because I really want you to wake up to what God brought you into this world to do. And today, we're going to continue to see what a vision gives to us, what a vision provides. But first, I want to remind you that right now we're offering you my brand new book called Christmas, The Rest of the Story. I just love that title because there's so much in the Christmas story that no one ever told me about. And by the way, when you read the gospel writers of Matthew and Luke, where do you think they got all the details about the Christmas story. They interviewed Mary. The Bible tells us that Mary treasured all these things in her heart, and the Greek means she kept them in chronological order. So later when Luke and Matthew interviewed her and said, please tell us the story, she was able to tell them every detail of this amazing, miraculous story. But by doing a lot of research, and studying what early church fathers wrote and a lot of other historical detail, I have found so many other things that most people have never known about Christmas. And that's why I call the book Christmas the rest of the story. And yes, I know it's a little early to be talking about Christmas, but I want you to have the book before Christmas gets here. And that's why I'm telling you about it now. I want you to read it. I want you to order several of these because you're going to want to share this with someone else and my friends, it is fully illustrated. When you finally get it, you're going to say, ay, yay, ay, I had no idea. It is just magnificent. Watch this. The holiday season always brings about fond memories and cherished traditions. For many, one of those cherished traditions is the reading of the Christmas story. In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, your family can uncover the beautiful details of the nativity story you have never heard. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across decorated pages in a coffee table-sized format. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Christmas is a special time when you can pass your faith on to your children and grandchildren. With this engaging new book, you can reinforce the true meaning of Christmas, Jesus, the Savior of the world. With magnificent illustrations across nearly 300 pages, your family will create a special tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book Christmas, The Rest of the Story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Please go online and order Christmas, The Rest of the Story or give us a call. And today is the last day of this week that we're offering my new series called Chosen 
by God. It's a 15-part series that comes with a study guide. The subtitle says, God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? Many people say, well, I know I'm called to be saved, and I know one day I'm going to go to heaven. Well, what about between your salvation and heaven? What are you supposed to be doing with your life? God has chosen you to do something. The Bible clearly tells us that in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, where it says, you're God's masterpiece. You've been marvelously made in Christ Jesus to walk in works that God prepared for you to walk in. That means there's something you were brought into this world to do. This series is designed to help you find it. And today we're also offering you my book by the same title, Chosen by God. The foreword is written by Joyce Meyer. It's the last day this week that we're offering this on the broadcast. My friend, I love this book. Really, it's one of the favorite books that I've written. And as I told you yesterday, when I flip through the pages of this book, it makes me want to stop and read it. And I wrote it. It feeds me. And I know that it's going to feed you. But hey, before we get into the teaching, remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And we really want to pray for you. So let us know how to pray for you. But reach for your Bible and today. We're going to go back to Proverbs 29, verse 18, which is so foundational to this series. And in that verse, the Bible says, where there's no vision, the people perish. I told you yesterday that when I was growing up, I'd never even heard the word vision. If anybody had asked me, Rick, what is your vision? I said, what in the world are you talking about? I don't know what a vision is. I wouldn't know where to get a vision. Well, it's very important to have a vision because the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And other translations are like this. Where there's no vision, the people live purposeless, meaningless lives. Or where there's no vision, the people have no sense of direction and lose their reason for living. Or where there's no vision, people become lazy, dissatisfied, and sluggish. Or where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint and become undisciplined and unproductive. Wow. And we saw yesterday that the word vision is a Hebrew word which means to see. When you've had a vision, you can see something in your mind. You can see it. It's like an idea has materialized in your head and suddenly you can see what it is that you're supposed to do. You can grasp it. You can even articulate it. In fact, I've learned that if you cannot articulate what your vision is, then it's not clear to you yet. When you've really had a vision, you can see what you're supposed to do. And a vision also provides things for us. Interesting that the word in Hebrew for vision is the same word for provision, which means a vision gives provision. What does a vision give? Well, most of all, it gives boundaries, it gives directions, and it gives goals. And usually a vision is very, very specific. And I want to give you an example from the book of Joshua. So open your Bible to Joshua chapter one. The anointing has just fallen upon Joshua. And now Joshua is going to lead the children of Israel into the land of promise. And when you come to Joshua chapter one, verse two, God says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore arise. Notice this word arise. When the call of God comes to you, it always causes an arising in your life and immediately charges you to do something. He says, arise, it's time for you to arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land 
which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Well, they could have immediately said, hallelujah, God's going to give all the land to us. We're going to claim it by faith. But then God had added in the next verse, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon you, that have I given unto you. God didn't just say it's all yours. He says, I'm going to give the whole thing to you one step at a time. It's all yours, but you have to put your foot on it. And one step at a time, as you make progress, you'll take more and more and more and more and more. And this was such a blessing because if God had just automatically given it all to them, they wouldn't have known the resources of the land. They wouldn't have known about the giants in the land, the problems in the land. They wouldn't have known anything about the land nor how to manage it. But because they took it one step at a time, by the time they got to the other side of that land, they knew everything about that land. They were professionals at that land. They knew the benefits. They knew the problems. They knew exactly how to manage that land. And that's exactly the way that God's going to give your vision to you. He may put the whole vision in front of you, but then God will say, it's time for you to rise. It's time for you to pass over and to get started. I'm going to give it all to you, but you have to put your foot on it. Your participation is required. And there's something else very important here. Look at verse 4. God said, From the wilderness unto this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, all of this shall be your coast. God did not just generally say, I'm going to give the whole world to you. God very specifically defined their boundaries and their perimeters. I'll give you this to this, from here to here. He didn't say, I'm going to give everything to you. He said, I'm going to give this to you. This is what I'm giving to you from here to here, from here to here. Now, when people are younger, and I remember when I was younger, they get excited. Sometimes even preachers say, I'm going to take the whole world for Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. No one person is going to take the whole world for Jesus. He may enable you to take a part of the world. Sometimes pastors say, I'm going to take the whole city. Well, first of all, there are other churches in the city, and God's not going to give the entire city to you. He may give you from one area to another area of the city. He'll give you a focus that is yours, and that's exactly what he did with Joshua. And we find that a vision gives you very clear boundaries and perimeters, and we need that. That's very, very important. Now, how does this apply to you? Well, let me give you some examples. How about a vision for your ministry? I have a ministry. With my ministry, I know exactly what I am to do. I know what I'm called to do, and I'm not called to do what other people are called to do. I have my own assignment. I have boundaries. I have perimeters, and that gives me direction for my ministry. How about a vision for your family? Did you know God wants to give you a vision for your family? When Denise and I were first married and we began to have kids, we had a vision for our family. We knew exactly what God wanted to do with our family, and that meant there were some choices we had to make. There were some things we would not do, and there were some things we would focus on. We were very deliberate living within our boundaries and our perimeters because we had a goal for our family. 
Or how about a vision for your career? If you're going to fulfill your career, then you have to zero in on what your career is. What is your vision for your career? If you're just moving from place to place and trying out this and trying out that, you're going to waste a lot of time, waste a lot of energy. You need to know exactly what your career is supposed to be. Or how about a vision for your education? When I was a young man, I knew that God called me to teach. I knew that God called me to teach from the Greek New Testament, and I knew that God called me to write. So I went to the university with a plan. I had a vision. My vision of my ministry told me what kind of classes I needed to take when I went to the university. So I enrolled in Greek. I enrolled in advertising. I enrolled in journalism. I learned how to read the New Testament Greek. I learned how to do marketing. I learned how to write. All of those were essential for my career or for my vision and for my education. How about a vision for particular work accomplishments? If you have one particular task in front of you that seems pretty big, you will not fulfill that task unless you have a vision for it. You've got to be focused on it. And for you to accomplish that thing at work, you have to eliminate a lot of things. That vision will give you boundaries. It will give you perimeters and it will give you direction. Or how about a vision for your business. Your business can't do everything. There's too much to do. So you need to know concretely what you are to accomplish with your vision. Who is your market? Who is your target? Who are you to reach? How much money you're to make? What you're to sell? What you're to market? You need a vision for your business. Or how about for your talent? A lot of people that are talented squander a lot of time because they try to use it in so many different places and they end up expending a lot of energy and wasting a lot of time. You need to know what your talent is and exactly where it is to be used. I'll never forget when Denise was still at the university before we were married, she was trying so many things with her voice. She even auditioned at the New York City Opera and the Metropolitan Opera in New York City where they called her major talent. And one day the Lord spoke to her and said, Denise, why are you doing all of this? I didn't call you to do those things. I called your voice to be an instrument for my glory. That gave her a vision. It gave her boundaries, perimeters, and it gave her direction for what she was to do with her voice. Or maybe you're a person that really has a lot of abilities when it comes to sports. Then you need a vision. And for you to fulfill your vision for your sports, then there's some things you don't need to eat. There's some disciplines that you need in your life. That vision for your athletic life will give you boundaries, perimeters, direction. Or how about a vision for your money? If you don't have a goal for your money, you're going to squander your money. But when you know the purpose of your money, then you're going to use it in a wise way. You're going to invest it wisely and you're not going to waste it because you know if you waste it, you're not going to be able to accomplish your vision for your money. Some people have a vision to be a big giver. And you know, that is a very amazing desire. God puts that desire in people's hearts. Well, if you're ever going to be a big bigger, like you a giver, like you have a vision to be, then you have to begin. You have to learn how to give. You have to eliminate some things so you can give to those projects, which God puts in your heart. And actually you have to have a vision for any project. For example, we have a TV ministry. That means we have to have equipment. That means we have to have employees that are really professionals and the best at what they do. We have to have a studio. We have to have time to produce programs. We have to be able to buy time on stations. 
in order to fulfill the vision of taking the teaching of the Bible around the world, it takes a big vision, it takes a big plan, and it takes a lot of discipline. That vision gives us boundaries, it gives us perimeters, it gives us direction. Some people really have a vision for older in life, becoming a volunteer or a servant. Wow, that is so admirable. But for you to be able to do that, then you need some money. You need to have enough for your retirement that you can really volunteer and serve like you want to serve. And that means you need to make some limitations along the way or believe for an extra blessing to come. It gives you boundaries. It gives you perimeters. It gives you direction. Some people have a vision for their kids and for their grandkids. And that is so wonderful. Denise and I always had a vision for our sons. Now we and our sons and their wives have visions for their children, and we're doing everything we can to help them move along in the call of God on their life. And maybe you have a vision for your own personal legacy. I have one. Hey, I don't know when Jesus is coming, and I intend to live for a long time. But if Jesus doesn't come in my lifetime, I intend to produce so much material while I'm alive that we don't have time right now to produce it all. I want to produce so much material that they'll be able to continue this ministry for a long, long time after I'm in heaven. But for that to happen means I've got to do some things right now. And by the way, I'm doing it. All of that is required if you want to have a legacy. All of these things give you boundaries, they give you perimeters, and they give you direction. Now I want us to go back today to the vision which the Apostle Paul received in Acts chapter 26, and we're going to begin in verse 16, and we're going to see that Paul's vision specifically provided him 10 things. Let's go there. Acts chapter 26, verse 16, Jesus spoke to Saul at that time, he was called Saul, later became the Apostle Paul, and said, but rise and stand upon thy feet. Isn't it interesting that when God spoke to Joshua, he also said, arise. When a vision comes to you, it causes an arising in your life. And Jesus said to Paul, stand upon your feet. A vision will put you on your feet. It will give you a readiness to do what it is that God's asking you to do. And Jesus said, I've appeared unto thee for this purpose. Number one, we find that a vision will give you a purpose or a definition for your life. Number two, to make thee a minister. He knew he was called into the ministry. There was no second guessing about it. The vision gave him direction and clarity. Next, number three, Jesus said, I'm going to make you a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen. So now Paul knows he's going to be a witness of what he has seen. But then Jesus adds number four, and of the things in which I will be appearing unto you. Now Paul understands he's going to have perpetual revelation. Jesus is going to be appearing to him again and again and again. Then in Acts 26, verse 17, Jesus continues, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. The word send, the Greek word apostolos. It's where we get the word for an apostle. He discovered instantly that he was going to be an apostle to the Gentile world. That really gave him direction. Then when you come to verse 18, Jesus said, number seven, to open their eyes 
Number eight, to turn them from darkness to light. Number nine, from the power of Satan unto God. Number 10, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Ten things were provided to Paul when he received this vision. And as we saw yesterday in Acts 26, verse 19, Saul, who later became Paul, said to King Agrippa, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, which means he could have been disobedient, but he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. That is just amazing to me. Now, I'm going to read to you just for a moment from page 36 in this wonderful book that I want you to order, which is called Chosen by God. Listen to this. One thing is sure. When you're assured that God has called you, you should strive to make your calling and election sure. That's 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10. You need to clarify what he's called you to do. Cut all the slack out of your life and go for it with all your heart. <laughs> you can accomplish what God has put in your heart and mind to do, but it's going to take a 100% commitment Anything less than that will not do the job. So, do you want to fulfill the task God has especially prepared for you? Do you want the satisfaction of knowing you're doing exactly what you were brought into the world to do? Are you willing to put out the faith necessary to accomplish the job? When you reach the end of your life, the measure of your success will be wrapped up in one question. One question. Did you do what God called you to do? When God spoke to you, did you stay in faith? Did you stubbornly refuse to relinquish that dream because you emphatically knew it was your life assignment? If you seek God diligently, you will receive revelation regarding His plan for you. And once that plan is revealed, get into the flow of faith and stay there for the rest of your life. The only way you'll accomplish God's plan is by living in the realm of faith and staying determined to do whatever God asks you to do. Both faith and diligence are required if you want to be successful in fulfilling your God-given life assignment or your vision. My friends, there's nothing really more important than this question. According to Ephesians 2.10, you were marvelously created in Christ Jesus, and God created works for you to walk in. They were established for you before the earth was ever created. That means God has a preordained plan for you, a vision for your life. And he wants to reveal it to you. And when you really see it, it will begin to provide you with boundaries, perimeters, and direction. And you need that. When we come back on Monday, this is where we're going to pick up. But I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to pray for you. Rick Renner's new series, Chosen by God, is jam-packed with strength and encouragement to help you wake up to the fact that you are chosen by God and not just for salvation. God has a specific, marvelous, and powerful plan for your life right now. There is nothing more thrilling than to know you are chosen by God and exactly what He brought you into the world to do. In this powerful 15-part series, Rick will prove to you that God has a specific plan designed just for you. Why you are experiencing so many hassles along the way, you can overcome any roadblock the devil tries to use to stop you. 
you have everything you need inside you to bulldoze the powers of hell out of your way. That you are exactly the kind of person God wants to choose and use. This 15-part series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. We're also offering you Rick's 304-page book, Chosen by God, with a foreword by Joyce Meyer. Joyce says, in Chosen by God, Rick clearly establishes that many are called, but few are chosen. But why is this the case? What are the necessary requirements for not only being called, but chosen as well? What is the cost of fulfilling God's call upon your life? Rick gives us all the requirements necessary to say yes and to fulfill our God-given destinies. This dynamic book is just $18. Are you ready for a life adventure? Order the 15-part series Chosen by God and the life-changing book Chosen by God. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This is Rick Renner and my friends right now, we're in the very middle of our ministry expansion project. It's three phases. Phase one was building the new studio in Moscow. You helped us do that. Thank you. Phase two was finishing the interior of the studio. You helped us do that. Thank you. Now we're in phase three, which is retiring the debt on the ministry headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our ministry has never had debt. The reason we've been able to do what we've done is because we've never had to service debt. When we built our building in Riga, we did it cash. When we built the building in Moscow, it is amazing that we were able to do it with cash. And now we want to retire the debt on the Tulsa headquarters building so we can liberate all that money to really take the teaching of the Bible around the world. You know, it's never about buildings. It's about having an anchor where the Word of God can go forth. And in that Tulsa facility, we're taking calls from people who are literally calling us from all over the world. And from that facility, we're producing TV programs, social media, we're fulfilling orders for books and giving away thousands and thousands of different resources to people who are reaching out to us because they believe that we provide teaching they can trust. And it's very important that we retire that debt as quick as possible because it will liberate funds for the preaching of the word to the ends of the earth. And that is what we're called to do. And today I want to ask you to please continue to be a part of our giving team so we can retire the debt on the Tulsa building and then we'll be finished with the ministry expansion project. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for becoming a part of the giving team. You know, every day this week, I've had Vladimir Lenin on the set with me, but today is the last day Mr. Lenin is going to be joining us for the program. He was the founder of the USSR, promoted communism and atheism, and that was the world that Denise and I moved to with our family many, many years ago. Who would have ever dreamed it? But God pointed his finger at us and said, this is where I want you to be. And when God first spoke to us, it nearly scared the wits out of us. But I'm so glad we said yes, because what a wonderful life we've lived. And that's what happens to you when you wake up to the fact that you've been chosen by God.
God has a life assignment for you. You need to see it. And when you see it, it immediately will begin to provide for you boundaries, perimeters, goals, direction. It will change your life. And that's why I want you to order this series. And today is the last day of this week that we're offering it. And it comes with a study guide. And we're also offering you today my book by the same title, called Chosen by God, the foreword is written by Joyce Meyer. The back of the book says, you can fulfill the plan of God for your life. But for you to fulfill it, you have to know it. And that's why I want you to have this book. And if your heart is saying, God, I want to really see what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel like I've ever really found that niche. Well, God wants to reveal it to you. And so I want you to order the copy of chosen by God. The subtitle says, God has chosen you for a divine assignment. Will you dare to fulfill it? Just go online or give us a call. And when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you. But Father, I thank you that you really do have a call for each one of us. Works that you've established, we should walk in in our lives. Help us define it and by faith to do it. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you Monday, but remember Ecclesiastes 8.4. Where the word of a king is, there's power.